The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues, and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that we would be faithful to your word, even in challenging times. Amen. Last night, we heard a sublime concert featuring Tatiana Thibodeau and Rachel Vetter Wang. All of the compositions were breathtaking. The quality of music was such that it wasn't just heard, but I say you could see the notes themselves painting a landscape of color before our eyes. But the last piece, it left us in stunned silence. It was a piece composed about war and the ravages of war. This was purposeful because the concert benefited the resettlement of refugees, people that have come here because of war. Jesus said that there 
will be wars, insurrections, earthquakes, famines, plagues, and that nation will rise against nation. The question we have to ask ourselves is if Jesus is being prescriptive or descriptive. If Jesus is being prescriptive, we go down a road thinking that Jesus intends for there to be war. This can lead to Christian nationalism, which is a belief that Jesus desires one nation to be above other nations and that war is justified to achieve it. German theologian Martin Niemuller reflected on World War I, commenting that the biggest problem was that everybody thought that God was on their side. But if we believe that God loves all people, then God must be urging us to de-escalate and to work for peace. Jesus, I believe, is not, not, I'll say it again, he is not prescribing war. He is describing it. So it's like the, the music we heard last night. It wasn't a call to battle. It was a lament of the effects of war. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's preparing us for the worst so that we can strive for something better. One way that we can be peacemakers is to practice less violence. Of course, you've heard of nonviolence and pacifism. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I will acknowledge that there are people who do have a problem with that who say it's too idealistic and too rigorous. If you find yourself in that place, please consider de-escalation and less violence. In a nutshell, this philosophy says that when someone antagonizes someone or something else with violence, that when we must respond with resistance, we should use less force than the original instigator. We should de-escalate. And the only way that this works is when we are in solidarity, when many people work together to confront injustice and hate and violence. I'll give you some practical examples. One recently happened in Orange County when a gunman went into a church, Taiwanese church, and intended to shoot lots of people. This was on the news. And the members of the church stopped him. No one happened to have a gun or anything to shoot him, but they still stopped him because they worked together. They had hymnals and chairs and microphone cords. And some courageous people, at least one person, lost their life in the process. But they de-escalated, still using what they had. But they returned violence for less 
and ended it. Other examples from our own history of the United States, of course, would be the end of the Vietnam War due to mass nonviolent protest. This past Friday, we observed Veterans Day. Veterans deserve our respect, our care, and our ongoing support. We must work diligently so that no veteran is ever homeless. We must have excellent medical care for veterans who often experience trauma. They are heroes. They voluntarily serve their country. But unfortunately, it's the people at the top who send them into harm's way. When we think about the war in Ukraine for a moment, occasionally I hear people criticizing the Russian people for not organizing mass protests to stop Putin. First of all, it's not true. They have. And they get severely punished for doing so. Second of all, why don't we organize protest against this war? We could, in our country, with our constitutional rights, we could protest in solidarity with Ukrainians and the Russian people. Many Russian men now who are being conscripted against their will to fight this war. We could protest in solidarity with them. We have a constitutional protection to protest our own government. Why couldn't we protest a different government? What happens here would affect what happens there. It would apply pressure for a peaceful resolution. Perhaps we hesitate because of the risks involved. If someone goes on record publicly denouncing war, there is risks involved. But remember this, we are Protestants. The root of who we are, we protested in the 1500s, the injustices of that day. The root of a Protestant is the word protest. This is what Paul is urging us to do in our reading from 2 Thessalonians. He urges us not to think that the Christian life is one of idleness. We can't stand back and be silent while atrocities happen. If we have a genuine faith, we must speak up and we must work for its end. We don't have the luxury to be quiet. Think about what happened to the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus warned us not one stone would be left on top of another. It was a massive, massive structure in antiquity. They couldn't believe that he would say that. What are you talking about, Jesus? One, not even one stone would be left on another? And that's exactly what happened. It was sacked and burned to the ground by the Roman Empire when they were tired of dealing with Jerusalem. We should never take for granted our peace and our security. We must have faith. Faith is about taking seriously our responsibility. Faith is not passive, thinking God's going to come and take care of everything, easy peasy. No, faith 
is realizing that God calls us to work for peace. When Sherry and I were dating, um, you know, one of the, one of the strategies uh, a, a guy or a woman can use to woo their partner is cooking. And Sherry says that I used to be a very good cook. Uh, no, she doesn't say that. She says, I am a good cook. But she does say, you used to cook a lot more. And then the family started and work started and all this sorts of thing. And, and these days, Sherry cooks far more than I do, and she is a wonderful cook. But every once in a while, yeah, I do cook. And more than every once in a while. But, you know, there was a season where I didn't, I confess to you. I, there was a, a while there where I just kind of got out of practice. And, you know, some hints were dropped. And I, you know, eventually they made it through the thick skull. And so I decided I would cook dinner one night. And cook dinner I did. And the food came out, and it was served on the tables. I thought it was pretty delicious. And the children started eating it. And what did one of them say? There's a hair in my food. And it's not a long curly one, it's a short one. Whoops. So I realized if I'm going to cook, i got to put on a baseball cap. It's better than a hairnet, you know what I mean? And again, I go back to the children's sermon. Jesus said, we won't even lose a single hair. What is he talking about? He's talking about when we live out our faith, when we speak the truth to power, and sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. We might fear losing people. We might fear loved ones will disagree with us and say you're wrong and, and, and cause a rift. Jesus says, make up your mind in advance. Don't get overly creative with what you have to say. Speak the truth. And trust that nobody will ever be separated from the body of God. Even when at times we might be estranged one from another, none of us is ever far from God's everlasting loving care. So Jesus gives us a freedom. Speak the truth. Speak it plainly. Pastor Jeff Froner, who mentored me as a youth minister and spoke at my installation, had a quote. He said, the great thing about the truth is that it's easy to remember. The truth is easy to remember. Speak it plain. We don't ever have to worry about anyone being separated one from another. Toward the end of the service, we're going to say goodbye to dear member Jim Hobgood, who will be moving to Kansas. We will miss you, Jim. We will miss you, but we are assured that we are still part of the same body of Christ. We are never separated from the love of God. So, dear friends, let us speak the truth in love and let us work for peace. Amen. During our hymn of the day, if you brought your pledge cards, I invite you to bring them forward and place them in the basket. Uh, for Stewardship Sunday, as a part of our work together, not being 
none of us being idle, but sharing the burden and the load. Mine is in there from the Menke family. And uh, if you brought yours today, bring it. If you didn't, um, you can always turn it in later. We'll do that during the hymn of the day. Thank you. Please stand as you're able.